0: Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon, and welcome to the Friday edition of The Georgine Rice Show. We've got kind of a different program for you today. I'll explain in just a moment. James Blend is engineering and producing today's program, and we're glad to have you along for the ride as well. Today, we're going to hear from Melissa Spolstra. She's the author of Total Christmas Makeover, 31 Devotions to Celebrate with Purpose. As you know, Advent begins tomorrow, the 1st of December, and for those who... Spend time uh, during Advent reflecting each day on the various aspects of Christmas. This might be a great way to... uh Uh, prepare for and anticipate the day that we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're looking forward to that conversation. And also we're going to introduce to you a program that is a compilation of Christian talk hosts from Salem Salem Media Group from all across the country. It's called The Christian Outlook. I had the opportunity, as I often do, to host the program, and we're going to share a bit of it with you, as well as details of how you can uh, either go to our podcast to listen to it or listen to it here on KPDQ as we feature that Uh, over the weekend. So that's going to be a part of our second hour of today's program. But first, we want to look at some of the developing news stories over the course of the day. Well, President Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, pled guilty Thursday to lying to Congress about a possible Trump Organization real estate project in Moscow. Legal analyst Greg Jarrett Cohen's uh, guilty plea still does not prove Russian collusion or any wrongdoing by Trump. We'll see how um, Investigator Mueller interprets it. And President Trump and other world leaders have gathered in Argentina as the Group of 20 Summit officially begins today. A high-speed chase near the U.S.-Mexico border left three people dead and eight injured, Thursday night and fired FBI director James Comey has asked a judge to dismiss a congressional subpoena for him to testify about alleged anti-Trump bias in the agency under his watch. And with the outcry from civil rights groups, U.S. Senator Tim Scott, Republican out of South Carolina, reversed his stance and announced um, on Thursday that he would oppose embattled Trump judicial nominee Thomas Farr. Well, again, Michael Cohen, President Trump's former personal attorney, pled guilty on Thursday to lying to Congress about a Trump real estate project in Russia in the latest development in the special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. Cohen entered the plea in a surprise 30-minute federal court appearance in New York City yesterday. He pled guilty to making false statements to the Senate Intelligence Committee back in 2017 about a plan to build a Trump Tower in Moscow. Well, yesterday marked the first time Mueller's team charged Cohen as part of its investigation into Russian meddling and potential collusion with Trump campaign associates during the 2016 presidential election. However, as I mentioned, Greg Jarrett, who's a legal analyst, he says the plea deal only helps Cohen's case for leniency when he is sentenced and doesn't prove wrongdoing on the part of President Trump. In an op ed uh, on FoxNews.com, Jarrett writes Insofar as proving some amorphous crime of Trump Russian collusion to win the 2016 presidential election, Mueller is getting something about as valuable as a crumpled dollar. End quote. And the group of 20 is being described as something of a gladiator battle that's anticipated through this summit, which opened today. Uh, the group of 20 events are already shaping up to be more of a gladiator batter than, battle rather than a cordial forum that brings together leaders of the world's major e- economies. But forget the anti capitalists and anarchists. This time around, it's shaping up to be a multi layered showdown involving the United States, China, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Argentina, and possibly even Canada. Mexico. Well, President Trump has a dinner um, meeting or had a dinner meeting uh, set for uh, Saturday night with Chinese leader Xi Jinping, the main course will undoubtedly be a trade battle raging between the world's number one and number two largest economies. The president has already slapped tariffs on $250 billion worth of Chinese goods coming into the U.S. and has threatened to turn up the heat by tacking tariffs on another $257 billion worth of imports if China does not drop its trade practices, which he argues are unfair. And another gigantic question Mark covers uh, over the uh, planned signing of the G2 meeting with U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Uh, NAFTA 2.0, the intended date, is officially to seal the deal, is Friday. They have signed it. The text had still not been uh, finalized. And Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, also known as MBS, Um, Could be in the crosshairs of Argentina prosecutors who are considering charging the prince with torture and war crimes if he lands on Argentinian soil. Well, a deadly chase at the border, high speed chase near the U.S.-Mexico border in San Diego County ended with three dead and eight injured after a Chevrolet pickup fled an enforcement stop. Border Patrol agents attempted to conduct an enforcement stop around 425 in eastern San Diego County. The driver reportedly failed to yield to the Border Patrol's marked vehicle and fled, the statement read. Agents deployed a spike strip on the vehicles, or rather, as the vehicle traveled westbound and the driver lost control, became airborne, rolled down an embankment into a two-lane interstate east of Crestwood Road, authorities said, according to San Diego Union Tribune. Fired FBI Director James Carter Comey has asked a federal judge to dismiss a subpoena from the House Judiciary Committee requesting closed-door testimony, citing a history of leaks, creating a corrosive narrative. Lawyers for Comey filed a motion yesterday in an attempt to keep him from having to appear before House Republicans in a closed-door meeting on Monday. The subpoena issued last week calls on Comey to testify as part of the congressional inquiry into allegations of anti-Trump bias that led to shutting down the probe of Hillary Clinton's private email server and the opening of the investigation into purported ties between the Trump campaign and Russia. And South Carolina Republican Senator Tim Scott, an African American announced Thursday that he will oppose and battle judicial nominee Thomas Farr in a reversal of his position position rather a day earlier that seemingly ends the nominee's chances for now amid fierce criticism by civil rights groups Democratic lawmakers and the NAACP have long cited farr's work on the campaigns of North Carolina Republican Senator Jesse Helms in 1984 and 1990 Farr was specifically criticized for allegedly working Working on the Helms campaign behalf uh, of uh, to distribute 120,000 postcards primarily to black voters to discourage voting, something he denied knowing anything about. But a 1991 memo from the Department of Justice unearthed this week set the stage for Far's latest trouble. And on this day in 2004, Jeopardy fans watch Ken Jennings' 74-game winning streak end as he uh, loses to real estate agent Nancy Zerg. On this day in 1993, uh, President Bill Clinton signs the Brady Bill, which requires a five day waiting period for handgun purchases and background checks for prospective buyers. And on this day in 1982, the Michael Jackson album Thriller is released by Epic Records. And James, this is your cue to do the moonwalk, if you would. Oh, he's he's really moving. Very impressive, James. Very well done. Well, of course, the 7.0 magnitude earthquake that rocked the state of Alaska this morning churned up roads, sending office workers running into the streets and scenes locals described as pure anarchy. The U.S. Geological Survey said the earthquake was... Uh, Centered about five miles north of Anchorage, Alaska's largest city. There were no reported injuries. It was anarchy. Brandon Slayton, who's a resident of a nearby town in Alaska, told the Associated Press, there's no pictures left on the wall. There are no power. There's no fish tank left. Everything that's not tied down is broken. Well that's changed since earlier in the day but uh, the National Weather Service issued a tsunami warning to the uh, for the Cook Inlet and Southern Kenai Peninsula shortly after the earthquake but later canceled it police in Alaska's Kodiak Island community uh, told residents to head to higher ground but again that has since been reversed in one of the most recent updates AP said Anchorage Police Chief Justin Dole or Dahl, I believe was uh, recounting reports that parts of the uh, Scenic highway that heads from Anchorage toward mountains and glaciers have sunk and uh, completely disappeared. Now, have sunken. That's how, have sunken, that doesn't sound right to me. James, has sunken, have sunken, or has sunk. You'd go with has sunk. Yeah, I would too. Anyway, he said officials were uh, evaluating the damage of the Glen Highway, which is a major thoroughfare, but some was, uh, some was, um, Viewed as so significant that it would probably take a long time to repair. Uh, Dahl also said damage to bridges has been reported. An AP reporter working in downtown Anchorage saw cracks in a two-story building after the uh, quake. People went back inside buildings after the earthquake, but a smaller aftershock a short time later sent them running back into the streets again. Uh, Slayton was alone and home and soaking in the bathtub when the Alaska earthquake struck. He said that the quake created a powerful back and forth sloshing in the bathtub, and before he knew it, he'd been thrown out of the tub by the force of the waves. That's kind of hard to picture, but that's his uh, story. His 120 found, uh, 20 pound mastiff panicked and tried to run down the stairs, but the house was swaying so much that he was thrown uh, feet and head first into a wall and tumbled to the base. Of the stairs, so it was pretty, uh, pretty violent for those on the ground. A lawyer who spoke to the Associated Press uh, called the most violent earthquake he's experienced in some 20 years in uh, Anchorage. He says that he was driving when the quake struck. His, he first thought his vehicle had a flat tire, then thought it was um, exploding. He realized it was an earthquake after he saw traffic poles swaying. Well, the Federal Disaster Relief Fund, which has about 30 billion dollars should have sufficient resources for the state's immediate post-quake needs. Um, We've been told that there will... um It will be a while to determine the scope of the damage and how much assistance will be needed. Alaska Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski, a senior member of the Appropriations Committee, said that uh, the main roadways leading to and from the airport were damaged badly and cannot be repaired until spring. Most goods come into Alaska via Anchorage, so that will be a problem. Alaska averages 40,000 earthquakes per year, with more large quakes than... Uh, the other 49 states combined. So while this isn't altogether unusual, this particular magnitude was surprising. Southern Alaska has a high risk of earthquakes due to the tectonic plates sliding past each other under the region. And according to the U.S. Geological Survey, the Pacific plate is sliding northward, northwestward and uh, plunges beneath the North American plate in the south, southern part of Alaska, the Alaska Peninsula and the Aleutian Islands. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Quick break. We'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Later in today's program, we're going to hear from Melissa Spolstra. She's the author of Total Christmas Makeover. If you want to do it right, look back on it and say, this was a really meaningful season. You might want to listen up. Total Christmas Makeover, 31 devotions to celebrate with purpose. We're also going to introduce The Christian Outlook. It is a program that features a compilation of um teaching talk station hosts from our Christian stations all across the country. I had the opportunity to host this uh, this week, uh, so we're going to share a bit of that with you. You can also find out more at the website, christianoutlook.com. You can subscribe to the podcast and learn more. That's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Portions of today's program are brought to you by Liberty Coin & Currency. Well, the 100-year marathon author Michael Pillsbury on the Trump administration's trade negotiations with China... Well, he says the Trump administration and their counterparts in Beijing are considering a trade agreement under which the president would withhold levying new tariffs on China. Well, in exchange for holding back on new tariffs through the spring, China would reconsider some economic policies, which could include intellectual property protections, subsidies to state-owned businesses opening up its markets and cyber espionage, according to the report. Trade officials from both countries are said to have been discussing the arrangement for weeks, though it remains unclear whether both parties will sign on. Well, the president is expected to meet with Chinese President Xi Jinping in the Group of Seven, or rather Group of Twenty summit in Buenos Aires this weekend, Saturday to be more precise. A final decision on the proposed agreement uh, or arrangement in this case would reportedly not be decided until then. White House Trade Advisor Peter Navarro, a trade hawk, is expected to attend a dinner between the pair of world leaders, as first reported by the South China Morning Post, which some believe could decrease prospects of progress. Earlier this week, President Trump said he expected to move forward with a plan that would increase tariff rates on $200 billion worth of items from China at the beginning of next year. He told Wall Street Journal it was highly unlikely he would refrain from lifting the levy rates to 25%. He also suggested that if talks were unproductive, He would implement tariffs on even more Chinese goods. On Thursday, he urged U.S. companies in a Twitter post to build in the United States in order to avoid tariffs because there is a long way to go, which may tell us something about what to anticipate at the meeting or after the meeting on Saturday. Well, the leaders of Mexico, Canada, the United States signed a North American trade pact. Although brinksmanship over the final details of the deal continued through the evening... Uh, The eve of the signing, it was unclear what exactly the three countries would sign. They agreed on a deal in principle to govern the more than trillion dollars of mutual trade after a year and a half of acrimonious negotiations concluded with a late-night bargain just an hour before a deadline on September 30th. Since then, the three sides have bickered over the wording and the uh, finer points of the deal and still hadn't agreed just hours before the officials were due to sit down and sign as the G20 summit kicked off in Buenos Aires legislators uh, from the three countries, uh, still have to approve the pact officially known as the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, or USMCA, before it goes into effect. While White House economic advisor Larry Kudlow said U.S. President uh, Donald Trump would sign the agreement. Canadian officials were initially less emphatic. Late on Thursday, however, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's spokeswoman confirmed Trudeau, Mexican President Enrique Pena Nieto, Trump and Canada's Foreign Minister, uh, would attend the ceremony at 9 a.m. in Buenos Aires. The president had vowed to revamp the uh, NAFTA, or North American Free Trade Agreement, during this 2016 presidential election campaign and threatened to tear it up and withdraw the U.S. completely at times during the negotiations which would have left trade between the three countries, the three neighbors, in disarray. The president forced Canada and Mexico to renegotiate the 24-year agreement because he said the existing pact encouraged US companies to move jobs to low-wage Mexico. US objections to Canada protected internal markets for dairy products was a major challenging uh, challenge rather facing negotiators during the talks and the president repeatedly demanded concessions and accused Canada of hurting US farmers. A side letter to the September agreement showed that the president preserved the ability to impose threatened 25% global tariffs on autos while largely exempting passenger vehicles, pickup trucks, and auto parts from Canada and Mexico. And we learned today that Marriott said the Starwood Guest Reservation Database has been breached, potentially exposing information on about 500 million guests. Well, among the information stolen on many of the guests' uh, uh, includes a combination of name, mailing address, phone number, email address, passport number, Starwood preferred guest account information, date of birth, gender, arrival departure information, reservation date and communication preferences. Payment information may also have been accessed on some guests they tell us as well. And again, we're talking about 500 million shares of the company fell nearly 6% to about 115 uh, dollars in trading before the, uh, the bell, the company said of the 327 million guests, personal information comprised could include passport details, phone numbers, email address. For some others, it could also include more significant information like credit card. The company said it uh, learned about the breach after an internal security tool sent an alert on the 8th of September. On further investigation, the hotel chain learned data had been hacked long before. And we're only learning about it on, what, the 30th of November. Well, the company, which bought Starwood in 2016, said it had reported the incident to law enforcement and begun notifying regulatory authorities. Marriott said it would send emails to affected guests starting on Friday. We are still investigating the situation, so we don't have a list of specific hotels. What we do know is that it only impacted Starwood brands. Uh, Marriott said it uh, was too early to estimate the financial impact of the breach and that it would uh, not affect its long-term financial health. It also said it was working with its insurance carriers to assess the coverage. Hotel groups have uh, of late become a target of hackers seeking to steal information like credit card data. Last year, both Intercontinental Hotels and Hyatt Hotels were victims of cyber attacks. Hyatt said it had discovered unauthorized access to payment card information at certain of its locations, affecting 41 properties and 11 countries, sort of the wave of, I would say the future, but it's actually a wave of the present. Well, there's some takeaways from Governor Kate Brown's $23.6 billion budget proposal. Uh, Governor Brown released her proposal for 2019-2021 budget. On Wednesday, at uh, $23.6 billion, her general fund and lottery budget would be 12.4% Increase from the current two year budget. Some of the highlights of the proposal K through 12 education. The governor wants lawmakers to pass a large tax increase, $2 billion, primarily to pay for a longer K 12 school year, smaller class sizes in kindergarten through third grade, and an expansion of career and technical education in high schools. The governor didn't address, uh, address, rather, how elementary schools would find space for additional classes. She also wants the legislature to give schools $200 million more than budget analysts said is needed uh, to maintain the status quo. She would get uh, some of that money by cutting higher education. Speaking of which, the governor's budget would essentially hold flat the amount of state general fund and lottery money going to community colleges and universities. But that would translate to an effective cut since it would not cover the institution's cost increases. And although the governor's administration noted it would cost two hundred and twenty million dollars to hold tuition increases below five percent, the governor declined to support that funding unless lawmakers sent her a two billion dollar new tax revenue. Tax increases, uh, Governor Brown wants to raise two billion dollars over the next two years for k twelve uh, covering higher education 's costs increases and programs aimed at making college more affordable. The Governor would not say anything about how she thinks lawmakers should raise the money, but she did call out in painstaking detail all the things. She wouldn't fund if the tax increase doesn't happen, and if it uh, does, creating a built-in cheering section of college students, outdoor school fans, teachers, and others who would benefit from those expenditures. The governor wants lawmakers to set aside $200 million to pay for state employee raises to be negotiated in future labor contracts, plus health insurance cost increases. An additional $12 million would go to raises for home health care workers who are represented by the Service Employees International Union 503. A $15 million fund would help state agencies cover the cost of correcting unequal pay identified during analyses, analyses rather required under a 2017 state law. And Governor Brown wants lawmakers to spend 17.2 million dollars to raise rates paid to memory care and other senior living facilities in home care agencies and Providence Elder Place by 10 percent. Facilities with high levels of clients covered by Medicaid would also receive monthly incentive pay. The long-term care industry supported Brown's reelection campaign. Is now among a handful of businesses working with the governor and public employee unions on ideas to raise taxes. And the governor is calling for the legislature to cut in half its yearly funding for the popular program that provides up to a week of outdoor and environmental education for Oregon's 5th and 6th graders. The $24 million in the governor's budget is just over half the amount voters directed to the program when they passed Measure 99 in 2016. She's hoping to enlist the support of outdoor school advocates for big tax increases next year. Notice I'm repeating myself, tax increases, tax increases. PERS, with school districts requiring contributions to the pension system expected to go up by $375 million in the next year. The governor's budget would devote an additional $100 million to help schools cover that cost. And the plan would add 224 new jobs aimed at keeping Oregon, uh, Oregon's vulnerable children safe. Health care, she proposed tax and fee inc- increases. Uh, would raise roughly $700 million over the next two years. And at the center of her climate policy is her support for carbon cap-and-trade, or rather cap-and-spend program that supporters have dubbed the Clean Energy Jobs Bill. Well, with uh, Democrats heading into 2019 with supermajorities in both chambers of the legislature, the legislation has a good chance of passing. If you oppose it, you better speak up. Up next, Melissa Spolstra. Total Christmas makeover, 31 devotions.